Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And apparently all the good gossip happened yesterday and over the weekend, so they gave me a day off. <laughs> um, so I'm going to bring you a him blind. Uh, we've already talked about him quite a few times, so without further ado, this one is called... Split Identity, a him blind. A him story, a split identity. This isn't some great juicy scandal or anything. Just an interesting footnote to a movie franchise that's made billions. It's not a secret who the players are, but it has ripple effects still being felt today. Because all this time later, some of them still have not worked together again since this fateful project. Back in the late nineties, I was talking about it. Uh, I was talking about movie projects with this director. He was a, a guy I'd known forever. Our fathers were best friends and colleagues, and he and I had even worked together on some stuff in college. Now here we were talking about this book he wanted to make into a movie. The director was a focused guy, and he'd wanted to adapt this book into a big action thriller for a long time. I had helped him, I had helped him secure the movie rights from Warner Brothers, and the director took an unusual, unusual step of buying the rights himself, so he controlled it. The director had convinced the studio to make the movie. The director owned the rights, which was a fact that the studio didn't publicize and were not happy with. He saw it as a new era James Bond type of franchise. The studio saw it as a new diehard, or they had, or they had, or they suggested adding a buddy for Bourne and make it like Lethal Weapon. Yup, not joking. The studio wasn't very visionary about the movie's prospects, but they assigned a young lady who was new in her production executive job to take charge of the movie for them. This was her big shot at making her at her made. I can speak. Um, This was her big shot at making her career. So she was determined to hover over this movie the entire time. And determined to use it to launch her big career. In a backwards way, it kind of did. No thanks to her. She was told by the studio that since the studio was paying the budget, they called the shots. She took that mandate to the extreme. The movie was twisted, turned, and morphed into a million different stories. The studio alone paid for six writers on the thing, and about 30 different drafts. Some were exactly like the book. Some were outlandish turds. There were two credited writers on it, none of which were me. Even the director wrote about four drafts himself when he got really desperate. He called me. The studio didn't. I was in another country, and the director and I... I would tinker with it and trade scripts back and forth via FedEx, mail, and email. I think when I sent him my first draft, it may have been using AOL mail. mail. But my, by my last draft, I probably used Gmail. That's about how long development took. The original novel's author loved the director's idea and vision for it. Just before he died suddenly. He had no say-so over the movie adaptation, but was respected enough for the director to want his input. 
he was 100% on board with the vision the director had for it. Yet each time the director turned in a draft, the studio fought it tooth and nail. Finally, into the new millennium, the studio was about to cancel unless unless the director accepted their suggestion for a new writer. The studio hired a guy we will call the writer and shoved him down the director's throat. The director didn't mind as he was always open to collaboration and fresh ideas, but the writer delivered drafts and revisions that were worse and more idiotic than anything previously written for this movie. That's a major feat. The director and everyone, including me, scratched our heads at this, but this lady executive was adamant and forceful that the director caved. The um, the other producers caved. Everyone accepted the new writer in his wonky script. And we're going to take a break and come right back with some more of this blind item. Alright, and I'm back. And when we left off, we were talking about the wonky script that the new writer had just um, submitted for this movie franchise. So, let me say this. Let me say that this writer is talented. He is a very good writer and a decent filmmaker, too. When it is totally his project and no one else is involved. He's come up with some good movies like that. Sadly, in a collaborative environment, another side emerges to make him into a raging douche canoe who stomps, pouts, and declares his perfection over all others. And his actions on this movie were shaping up to be just that exact way. But he would always tell the director that he supported him and assured the director he was backing his vision for the film against the studio's interference. Finally, the movie got the green light, but the director and the star were still nervous about the script and everything else, including the music. I brought to his attention the song Twilight Zone by Golden Earring. The song was written about the lead character after a band became big fans of the novel. Even the cheesy music video was a Dutch version of a spy musical. Lol. Yeah, they tried at least. But the music video for the song had one killer shot, a slow motion shot of a bullet slicing through a playing card. It was an epic shot. When I showed the director, he was determined to recreate it as an homage. I wrote a perfect scene for it in the film, but the studio, as you can guess, hated it. Hated the song, the video, and everything. And, and everything the director was doing. Even as shooting began, they fought like cats and dogs. <laughs> the studio wanted the music the studio wanted was rap, hip hop, dance music, to use Public Enemy and Paula Abdul. Maybe someone like Janet Jackson. Ugh, I wish I was joking. This was going off the rails fast. I flew in to meet with the director over a break in production. He was about to lose it. I asked him about the writer, but the director said that the guy was loyal and trying to help, but the exec was having him constantly rewrite pages and fax them to the director even as the scenes were being shot. I was stunned that it had gotten this bad. We put together a plan. The director rallied and came to life. We we secured the loyalty of the stars, the DP, and several of the key crew. With that, we decided to shoot a totally different movie. Half the time, the director would make the movie movie exactly as the studio and the exec wanted, but half the time he would make 
the movie that he wanted to make. Shooting nights, mornings, weekends, breaks. These actors and crew were literally shooting two similar movies at the same time. Everyone was sworn to secrecy, and since they backed the director's vision, they agreed to it, often working for free. Shooting double time like this is often done when making a sequel at the same time you shoot the first movie. And we figured that at the very least we'd end up with enough film to where the studio could fashion a sequel out of the extra footage. It was that much footage being shot. The big difference here was that the crew and actors and even the film stock were all paid coming from the original budget. I went to some family and friends and secured a loan. The director did the same. We did this to try and pay the difference, at least partially to the, the crew and cast. The director was tiptoeing around the studio every day. He would show the studio one set of dailies and the actors and crew another set. It was insanity, but it was working so far. Since the studio killed the music, the director paid out of pocket and we went to this techno artist, Moby, to rework the classic Golden Earring song, Twilight Zone. Mainly because of how good he had done with the instrumental remake of Joy Division's New Dawn Fades for Michael Mann's Heat soundtrack. We wanted something similar and powerful for this. The result was stunning. It was brilliant, amazing, and kept the heart and soul of Earring while adding new t- newer textures. It really rocked in every way. Even the band loved it. The only ones who didn't were the executive in the studio. They refused and would not even release it or allow it in the film. Since they had total control over the music, we were left in the dark. And this just gets even more crazy and twisted. And you're going to know about it when I come back in just a second. And I am back. So here we go. As a result, Moby refused any pay for doing it, and he and the director gave all the rights back to Golden Earring to do as they wished. In a weak compromise, the studio at least caved in enough to not use any rap songs in it, and allowed Moby to create an original song for the franchise. Still, the dual production continued on. By the time filming wrapped, it was months over schedule and tens of millions over budget. The director had used extra time and extra studio money to pay everyone who worked double into by time to cut two films. But what the studio on press didn't know was that if they knew that there were two movie shots simultaneously, it wouldn't have been six months. But what the studio and the press didn't know was that if they knew there were two films shot simultaneously, it would have been six months early and about $40 million under budget. The director's career in indie films worked to his advantage on a shoestring. At the movie's big premiere, we had our fingers crossed. We knew it would be a bitter pill to swallow. The execs in the studio were shocked. What were they watching? It was nothing like what they'd seen in the dailies or approved. The writer, in a trance totally flabbergasted, could not understand it since he didn't write it, but the director and I and the cast and crew all loved it. After the premiere, even before the party, the exec was screaming and railing. She threatened to sue the director. She hated it, said the movie, said the studio would not release it. They would push it back six months until it was recut, threatened to do everything short of firebombing, his fish tank. 
The other producers didn't know what was going on, but they all put on happy faces. That night, the director, the big star, and I all called the head of the studio. He'd seen it at the premiere and loved it. He said no way would it be delayed and congratulated everyone on a great film. We asked him to inform his exec that she should accept it and he said he would. The movie was released to acclaim and a massive box office smash. It made over $300 million when all was said and done. Best of all, both the director and I got to repay our loans and even made a few bucks profit from it. Even the theme song became a franchise hit song used for every sequel then on. A few months later, we found out that the writer who swore loyalty to the director's vision was really sucking up to the studio the whole time. He was behind their every veto. He was trying to torpedo the film by telling the crap to the exec and more crap to the director. Why? Because he wanted to direct. He figured if he got the director fired, he'd slip in to take his place. But he didn't know or forgot the director owned the rights, even even though the studio paid the bills. So Mr. Ryder tried to derail the whole process for his own ego and career. The experience so jaded the director that he refused the sequels. He did produce, though. After the studio offered him final cut and lots of money, he still refused. But as producer, when the studio wanted to hire the writer to direct the next installment, both director and star said, no way. I'm not, I'm not sure what happened to that extra movie in the extra movie director shot back then. Probably on a shelf somewhere in the studio vault. Meanwhile, Golden Earring quietly sold the movie and media use rights to the song Twilight Zone back to the director. Moby still owns the remix version he did. The interesting thing is that now, all these years later, the director is working on a new action thriller. Maybe he's directing it, maybe just producing. But it is still his movie. It's not from that same franchise, but the song still fits. And he said... he just may use it. I know for a fact it will use the scene with the bullet and card shot this time. It'll probably come out next summer. That's the hidden story of the split identity of the two movies born at the same time. And that is the end of the blind. So I'm going to go take a break and I'm going to come right back with the answer. And I'm back. So, um... The blind is clearly about the born identity. Um, whether they purposely put in, in, in the very beginning, um, born on purpose, or if that was a, a, a mistake, they they gave their own blind away. Um, and I, I personally think that they did it on purpose. Um, the director was um, Doug Lyman. And the writer was Tony Gilroy. The star is, of course, Matt Damon. And um, I, I think the story, first of all, is very compelling. And a former friend of mine was telling me that... Uh, I forgot what movie Josh Whedon did... 
but um or there was there was some movie where they shot they shot the main movie and then they turned around and shot I believe it was Macbeth at the same time. And it like um the main movie didn't do so well, but the the Shakespeare movie, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was Macbeth. It did very well, actually. It, it made a lot of money. The same actors and everything. Um, I think it really depends all about... Blah, 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 I can't speak. <laughs> I, I think it really depends on... The director's vision, like... The whole point of this story, I think, is, you know, it's supposed to be about collaborating and and listening and, and all that kind of good stuff. But I think there's also a part that's very much about um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. The, the collaborative part is very important. Um, and, but you have to rally behind an idea. And one of the things that I, I'm kind of coming to truly believe here is... You have to not only realize that collaborating is important, but the idea, there has to be a main driver. Um, And in movies, the main driver of a vision or a story or whatever has to be the director. The director is going to see the story through make sure the actors are doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, the right camera angles, the right music, and all of that. And that's, I think that's why people, so many stars really want to become directors because the directors have that control and are, you know, they, they're supposed to. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about short films, but, um, with, with this, um, I didn't know about the secret story behind it. I do, I remembered, um, when The Born Identity came out, it was hailed as, like, one of the best action movies ever. Um, I, I personally have not seen it. Um, but that's mostly just because... If you ask Will, I haven't seen anything. Um, he Will gets angry because I've seen Fuller House, but I've not seen Star Wars. And I realized that by admitting that, I'm going to get yelled at, and I'm going to get so many emails. But it's true. I, I have not seen Star Wars. Um, that, it, that is what it is. Um, um, but the born, you know, the born identity is not one of those things where 
I'm rushing out to see. It, 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 I'm sure that it's a good movie. I'm sure it's a good book, actually. I just haven't seen it. I've I know about it. I've read about it. I you know I know enough to talk about it. Um, and I know that it kind of set Matt Damon's career into a new direction. Um, and gave him that boost that he needed to stay at the A list. And I'm gonna go, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So I thought the blind was going to take um, the entire five segments like it normally does when I do a hem blind. Um, but that didn't happen. So um, I, I decided to kind of elaborate a little bit more on the collaborative um, aspect of movie making. Um, as some of you know, I participate in a in an event that happens quarterly called the AT&T Create-A-Thon. For those of you who don't know what the Create-A-Thon is, basically, um, um, it's it's one full weekend. On Friday, you kind of do an orientation. If you don't have a team, you kind of you join a team. You network a little bit. Um, they feed you, which is my favorite part. <laughs> and so they feed you. They um, if you need equipment, you can rent some equipment from them. And. Then you're off on your own. Saturday, all day Saturday is filming time. You're, those, the whole point of this is to make a five minute short film. And I've done it twice. Um, the last time they were here, I was not available. Um, and um, they're coming up. It's coming up again in May. So, I'm planning on doing it this time. Um, the first time I did it um, was with Letitia. Um, we actually recorded a, a Drunk Gossip episode right after we cut the movie and submitted it. Um, so, in the first time that we, we made a movie, it was Letitia and I. And first of all, y'all have to know, Letitia is incredibly talented. Um, and not only is she incredibly talented um, as an actress, but she is a phenomenal director, too. Um, basically, all I did was came up with the concept and um, shot the film. And I literally just listened to what she told me to do. Um, but it was kind of my first taste of actually making this movie. Or of making a movie, I should say. Um, and it was such a thrill to, you know, Letitia and I go back. We're, we're, we're good friends. Um, and 
And, but just sitting there working with her and being creative with her was a rush. Um, that movie, we called it Silent No More. Because it's basically, um, we follow her around through an exhibit in the Natural History Museum. Um, and we did it all in black and white, completely silent until the end. When she turned to face the camera and said silent no more. Um, and everything went to color. And basically what happened there was we were, we, we had a team. We were supposed to work with other people. And those other people kind of fell through on us. So instead, we had to rethink our original concept and come up with something different. When it came to the second time we did it, it was uh, Letitia, Natalie, and myself. Um, Natalie actually took over the the camera duties from me, and um, again. Letitia and Natalie kind of were um, co-directors in this case. And I was an actor. And um, it's called Big Globe. It's a satirical take on uh, Flat Earthers. So for those of you who see, like, Mandy um, or other people sharing Flat Earth stuff on my page, that's why. (laughs) Not because I'm actually a flat earther. (laughs) Um, And a lot of people really liked Big Globe. Um, The only problem was it was a little bit windy and um, in the very first part of our scene and that kind of took... There was no way we we could get rid of that noise. Um, But again, that took the three of us just... We we knew what we wanted to do. We didn't necessarily have a script, but we had the story in mind. And... um, From there, we kind of improved. And... Let me tell you this. Keeping up with Letitia in improv is impossible. And possible. <laughs> but, you know, again, I had such a good time doing it that I was just completely amazed. Um, we all sat down. We were all basically in agreement um, with what we wanted to do, where we wanted to go with the movie. And, um, and so when I was reading The Blind, um, the first time I read it, I just kept thinking, like, yeah, this is hard. Like, working with people is always difficult. But when you get the right group together, amazing things can happen. When you take away the fighting and all that, um, and you actually just sit down and you acknowledge, hey, like, I have a different opinion than you, but you have a good idea... Let's try it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And 
Um, obviously things work out well for the born identity people. But it's not always that case, you know? And it almost wasn't that case if that executive had had her way. Instead of trying to cooperate and whatever, she got nasty. And that's just never never a good thing. Uh, but it is a good thing that you guys listen. So thank you so much for listening as always. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.